0: Moncrief with Anna Glaze on News Talk. Now, Orla Doherty has been playing squash and she, since she was nine years of age. Today, she's the over 45s European squash champion. But as she describes in a piece, in a recent piece in the Irish Independent, she was telling a younger woman about this who replied, isn't it great you're still active? Orla's reaction to this was admirably restrained. Orla, Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Not Thanks too bad. I'm I, I, still you, laughing
1: about
0: that. I well I'm glad you're laughing about it really, because <laughs> that it's it's riven with ageism, that particular uh, that particular comment, I would have thought.
1: I know it is. But to be fair, I mean, she didn't know me from Adam. I just literally joined the local GAA club in Prague because I needed a a dose of good Irish banter. And I had no intention to play Gaelic football, but I needed a bit of crack. And so she didn't really know who I was. Mm. Uh, There was a bunch of the girls over on Erasmus and we were sitting around at a baby shower and she, she knew that I was a writer. So she was very polite. She was talking about her work and she said, do you travel much with your writing? And I said, well, no, I don't actually with writing, but I certainly get around to all my squash playing. And she just sort of took a look at me, I suppose, and said, oh, well, God's not great. You're still active. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of hit, it hit home. Um, I do look my age, which is, you know.
0: Something I suppose I'll have to accept. But yeah, but I, I now, simply, they're not nine. Like you're not doing phoning this in from a wheelchair, you know, that <laughs> no, age is all relative. But, it, but it's, it just sounded like because she was, was she in her 20s, maybe?
1: Yeah, yeah. All the girls are lovely and I don't want to give her a hard time. They're all going no, to give no. her a hard time without it. But they were, yeah, they're all, you know, young books and sprinting around the field you know i'm i'm a bit slow moving but i can certainly keep up um so i mean i remember being that age and thinking the same thing i used to play actually it occurred to me i do you remember a woman called Oral orion who played camogie for dublin uh she, she i used to play squash with her when i was 15 and i thought she was ancient but she was only <laughs> early 40s yeah and i think it's just the perception we have when we're younger that you know t- to be able to play at a high level of sport when you're older is sort of i suppose a bit strange,
0: I don't know.
1: Yeah. yeah, I put do, her straight anyway.
0: <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. At the same, like, but I, but I suppose, that, yeah, you're right that like when you're young, you think someone who's uh, 40 is absolutely ancient or, or whatever. But I yeah. suppose we're kind of maybe a bit more aware of uh, those kind of, you know, uh, viewing each other in those stereotypical ways and the exactly. general idea of ageism. Um Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you do describe in the piece as well, like you met with a few of your peers who you know who were still very active in sport uh and yeah. you know, discussed your aches and pains. But like you were delighted to be still doing what you're doing.
1: And this is it. And I, I was saying earlier when when I turned fifty, you sort I sort of lost the the worry what what people think about me or you know, when you're in your thirties and forties, you're sort of always Still trying to put put on a good show for everybody, but um, I take a leaf out of Barbara Scully's book. As you age, it's just like you just do what you like. And I, I love playing squash. And when we all met for dinner that night to talk about our aches and pains, the first thing we all agreed on is how lucky we are and a privilege it is to still be able to play sport, uh, you know, at any level at all. A lot of people don't make it into their 50s at all. So that that's the first thing. It's a joy to be able to play and secondly, we're all extremely competitive. Having played at a high level, you sort of never lose that competitive edge, even though the body may tell you one thing. <laughs> the mind is always trying to push you on. I mean, I I had a cervical spine surgery there six months ago, and it really slowed me down quite a bit. And mentally and psychologically, it was really quite difficult to overcome that. But uh-huh. I saw my I saw my physio today, and I got the all clear. I did start playing squash back sooner than I should have, but you're. I'm still alive and I'm grand and I'm running around hitting a little black ball like a maniac.
0: Yeah. And how how yeah. do your doctors feel about that? Because you know where doctors gonna go, Oh <laughs> you know, a bit like your friend of the GAA Club. They, they, yeah. they kinda want you to kinda cover you in, uh, in Yeah, I mean th- he wasn't overjoyed <laughs>
1: when I told him I was playing still <laughs> I, I I was just in Denmark last weekend playing in the Masters Tournament there. Um you know, moderation is everything. And that's one of the things I mentioned in the article, too, is less is more as we age. Um, you know, you don't have to go crazy and, and train two hours a day every single day. I tend to maybe only play squash two or three times a week now. But I make sure that every day I do some sort of uh, mobility, uh, which is just, you know, lying down on the floor and lifting your legs up and down and <laughs> making sure the hips are still working. And, you mm. know, it, it's a different sort of training as you age. Um and then, obviously, you just have to keep keep an eye on your diet. And, uh, you know, m- I think moving somehow every day is important, but not going crazy. I mean, our bodies just can't take it anymore, especially women who have to deal with the menopause and osteoporosis and all sorts of stuff. So it's moderation. And that includes having a piece of cake and a glass of Prosecco, I
0: say. Absolutely. You know, For, enjoy uh, it all. Well, but, uh, that's breakfast. Uh, um, that's breakfast. Breakfast
1: yeah. of a champion. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> The, the, but is is part? Orla is part of it, uh, also uh, um, psychological, uh, in the sense of you know the kind of people. Kind of sometimes you can reach a certain age, and it varies from person to person. And then they just kind of stop.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do, and it, it's also circumstance too. I mean, I know a lot of uh, female squash players who would have played into their early twenties, and then they go off, get jobs, get married, get you know, have kids. Again, a bit stereotypical, but they do have other priorities in life that forces them to sort of put the squash racket down. But what we found within the Irish Squash Association was that women started back playing in their late 30s, early 40s. And we have a huge group now who the kids are all grown up and the husbands don't mind them going off for a weekend and having a girls weekend away and playing a sport that they loved when they were kids. Um, So, you know, it's a wonderful thing. We have over 190 players now playing master squash around Ireland. Uh, There's been a big surge in the amount of players over 35 playing and we send groups of our our team, you know, to competition all around Europe. Last year we were at the World Championships in Poland and there was 36 of us and there was a, you know, there's even a one woman who I aspire to be like, Barbara Saunderson. I think she's in her early 80s and she played in the World Championships in Poland and, you know. It may be that she stands on the court and serves and maybe only gets to the next shot, but still she's on the court and I want to be barber when I'm that age, you know. It's just so inspirational.
0: Yeah. And and yeah. To, well and part of that I suppose is, is, is to keep trying plus also, um, you're you're never too old to learn something new. That's true, yeah.
1: And uh, we do have a, a, some, I, I know out in Fitzwilliam Squash Club and also in Sutton, they do a lot of uh, Masters women's training sessions and there's lots of women who come in and it's every level. I mean, you don't have to be a great player. It's it's also a very social thing to get on court and, as you say, learn a new sport. Um, and it's great for the mind, you know,
0: mm. and that sounds sort of old, but it really is. <laughs> I no. was devastated when I couldn't play. Well, I mean, because uh, uh, Orla does have uh, um, uh, she, she's a blogging uh, website, is Orla's own website, I should say. But like yes. your even your uh, bio, your biography is testament to the fact that you should keep on trying new things. Uh, because yeah, I mean, I apart do. from the squash, <laughs> mother of God, is there nothing you haven't done? She, <laughs> Uh, uh, well, you were a private investigator for a while.
1: Oh, oh, you've really done your research. Now. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I did do that for a little while when I was young <laughs> in Las Vegas, of all places. Cool. Uh, I, I, I tried that out for about a year, and. Um, yeah. it did, I mean, it doesn't pay well and it didn't last very long. And I got back into the squash coatings, you know, fairly quick. But yes. you're, what you're kind probably of, going to bring up the comedy, are you?
0: Well, I am. <laughs> yeah, that's the next thing. I, I, what kind of things did you have to investigate in Las Vegas?
1: You know, not super exciting. One, one of the things my job was, I'd be put sitting uh, at a casino uh, machine, like a, a slot machine by a bar. And they'd give me God, at the time, now this was 1994, they'd give me maybe $50 to pretend I was playing, but I was watching the bartender to see if he was, every time he served somebody, he'd put a few bob into his pocket. So it was boring, you know, but Ah. I felt, you know. Very, I did do one thing where I followed somebody who was having an affair with somebody, but I had a little car that I started by rubbing two wires together and, you know, it wasn't the greatest car to
0: be <laughs> chasing down a highway. But <laughs> and, and would the barman have been uh, pilfering a few quid for themselves? Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so if they, you know, they put pocket the change um, and, you know, they didn't have CCTV back then. That's how old I am. So I'd, you know, watch with a keen eye and then write a report and then the poor devil probably
0: get the sack. I'm not proud. Yeah, still though. <laughs> still, but even yeah. though I, I suppose the of war is still, yeah, it's still kind of interesting in a retrospect. Um, uh, yeah. You published a children's book, uh, all, and wow. I'm leaving aside all the all, all the uh, all the squash, all the squash titles, and yeah, yeah stand-up comedy.
1: Uh, I know. When I moved back to Ireland in 2015, one of my friends had this great idea that I was a funny person, and nominated me to go into cherry comedy at Wheelands. They were looking for new new talent. So between one thing and another, they convinced me to do it. I went in and I actually was quite successful. I don't tell jokes at all. I just sort of tell stories about things that have happened over the years. And um, I ended up doing stand up on the circuit for about a year and did electric picnic. And uh, I'm now going to segue into, if you don't mind, I'm co-hosting a show at Wheelands this Monday night. Um, on the main stage it's the biggest funny women live in dublin show that there has been in ireland So I'm very excited about that because oh i'm starting to write See, so i've been writing a lot of comedy with my partner my co-writer val troy we have written a couple of screenplays together and we were long listed recently um on the female pilot club so we decided we'd you know push the boundaries a little bit more she did a stand-up gig a, f- a few months ago and was very successful. And then this opportunity came up to host the Funny Women show in Whelan's on Monday. And we have a huge, brilliant lineup, including Barbara Scully, who I know you love, who's going to come in and read from her book, Wise Up. Um, And we've got six of Ireland's Best female com- com- comedians coming in. Okay, the Two headlining. It's going to be brilliant.
0: Yeah, and and and, and is is doing doing this
1: cheeky push there. Sorry. <laughs> there,
0: yeah. Okay. Well, no. Well done. But the, 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 the stand up <laughs> thing is it like are you know is it because it's I suppose one of the things you kind of learn to an extent by the mistakes you make, and then you go, yeah. oh yeah, I could have done that differently.
1: Exactly. And you know what I'll say about stand up comedy? I, I, I wouldn't aspire to do it full time. I have so much respect for the people who do. It's a very tough, you know, behind the scenes lifestyle. Um, it's a hard slog, but it does give you an incredible confidence. Uh, it certainly did for me the first year that I did that. I, I found myself being a much more confident person in everyday stuff. Um, you know, I mean, you can imagine a nerve wracking is when you get yeah. up and try and make a group of people laugh. Um, but once you have the microphone in your hand, it's a different kind of buzz altogether. But I definitely gained a lot of confidence from it, so I don't regret it at all. Yeah. And this show, we're sort of we're MCs, we're co-hosting, and so it'll be a lot of ad lib for myself and Val. But the comedians coming in have really great sets lined up. Um at we've the also same time, a pharmacist a coming in. A pharmacist. <laughs> yeah. Like Laura a stand-up definitely. pharmacist, or, or well, she. You know what? If you follow her on Instagram, she's one of the. She's a very astounding pharmacist in that she creates her own supplements for people. She she does a lot with menopause. Uh, That's not her sole thing. But her delivery and her reels, she's absolutely hysterical. So she's going to come in and and just talk a little bit about women's things, shall we say, Mm. and and entertain the masses. But it's going to be a great night. We've got a musical act at the end, too. A, A young girl is going to sing a bit of Tina Turner, a little tribute to the late, great Queen Tina. So it's going to be a mad show, yeah, and lots of squash people are coming in too, the yeah bought their tickets
0: actually, yeah, because a few people are texting and wondering about this the the g a a club you're in was in was in Prague, did you say in Prague yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: why? because I moved to Prague uh, oh to be to be with my partner in two thousand and nineteen, and of course, it was smack dab in the middle of COVID. um and there was nothing going on and I really struggled. The Czech language is very difficult to learn. Mm. And I would talk to the wall, I'll talk to the tree and there was nobody to talk to. So <laughs> I joined, I joined the GAA club and uh, I got my fill. Um, right. But I, didn't, I think I played once and then I hurt my leg.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, well what, what were you playing? Uh, I was playing Gaelic football yeah. with the ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. See, took you are you are uh, the, the absolute uh, um, uh, recipe, uh, the antithesis to what that that initial comment from that uh, uh, poor young I one. I know, isn't it great? I You're know. still acting. I God love her. I God know. Her. Orla, thanks a million for talking Listen, with us. It's uh, been a pleasure being on. Thank you so much. I no really problem at all. Uh, that was uh, Orla Doherty there. Moncrief weekdays at two p.m. with Anna Glaze on
1: News Talk.